0: we always think it's our fault, right? It's never the diet's fault or it's never society's fault. It's always, you know, us. And so, yeah, I just have a lot of compassion for anyone listening who's currently struggling or has, has gone through something in the past.
1: Hi, guys. Welcome back to Mostly Balanced with Mia and Carly. Welcome back. We are so excited for our episode today, and we've just been catching up on here pre-recording for like 25 minutes. I know. I'm
2: like, should we just uh, welcome everybody else into this conversation yes. <laughs> and
1: record?
2: <laughs> but yes, this episode was a lot of fun chatting with Allie from Oat House, and we've kind of like followed her just through her business for a long time, we both tried her granola butter when it was still under the name Queen & Co. And now it's been rebranded over the past, I don't know, like over a year to Oat House. And if you have not heard of it, it's basically like... The
1: best thing ever.
2: Yeah, it's the best thing ever. (laughs) But it's like you would... How you would picture like a almond butter, peanut butter, any type of that butter, but it's like oats instead of nuts. So it's great if you have any allergies. I actually think that she mentions in the episode, it's allergen free of like any top allergies. So there's no soy and all of that. But yeah, it's literally so good. It comes in all these fun flavors. We talk about the flavors in the episode. And this was just a... It was a really good conversation. Like some of it is heavy. There's definitely... We could give a trigger warning because we do talk a little bit about sexual assault. We talk about eating disorders. But we also hear her whole journey of starting the company and kind of like how it was born out of some of the things that she struggled with. And she runs the company with her boyfriend of over 10 years. And then their other partner, one of their friends, it it was just, it was fun. Like her whole philosophy with the company is to like make, eating food fun. And so there were those lighthearted moments. But yeah, I did want to Mm -hmm. mention the heavier parts, because we kind of like or I asked her about her experience working through the fact that she did experience a sexual assault. And I kind of brought it up without us really introducing it, which was my fault. But it was really because it was something that she's opened up about on her Instagram before. So I had seen that. And then I kind of just like went into asking her questions. And so if you are confused, like, "Whoa, this came out of nowhere, that's just because I had it in my head that I wanted to talk to her about it. So I just brought it up. But it was it was really helpful if you know Mm -hmm. someone who's dealt with something like that, or really just any like she says in the episode, big T or a little T trauma that you're working through that you've worked through that your partner is she talks about it from that perspective of how to maintain a healthy relationship with someone when one of you is working through something big like that, and how you can support each other. So that part of it was really, really interesting. And I just really appreciate how much she opened up and how vulnerable she was in the whole episode
1: yeah well, and while we did cover topics that were heavier like that, she really just she's in such an amazing place now. She is so positive. she has such a positive, but like not in a toxic positive way. like she is very real, and I really, really appreciated the way she did open up and just because of that, it felt just like such a human friend conversation in how you would be talking to someone who has experienced this, who you're very close to, and she made a lot of these topics really relatable in terms of her eating disorder, I feel like a lot of people might relate to this without even realizing there's a name to what she was going through. And in terms of her assault and dealing with that with her relationship, I think the way she brought it to us and told her story is a way that so many people can relate to in terms of their relationship, because she brought it back to like anything you're dealing with, anything that you're holding inside or anything you've worked through in your past, it goes so much back to how you have worked on yourself and so much of the baggage you bring to your relationship, it's your baggage and, and it will yeah, then kind of act and- out in your relationship. Like if you haven't dealt with these big T or little T traumas on your own, or even if you haven't developed a healthy, positive relationship with yourself, it's going to kind of show up in different areas. And she mentioned wanting to go to couples therapy and then realizing it was actually just therapy on her own that she needed to then see improvements in her relationship. So I think relatable on all accounts. And I walked away from the conversation feeling feeling like I had just like gotten something off my chest because it was just such a down to earth conversation. And I really loved Allie. So I hope you love the episode and definitely try Oat House. It's the most delicious thing ever. And all the flavors are amazing. I could eat it with just a spoon out of the jar. So we really love the product and the founder. Yes, we'll link it in the show notes for sure. But yeah,
2: we were just catching up on like what's new with us. Mia has her wedding coming up so soon in less than a month. And so we were talking about all of that. So crazy. I feel like this week, The past few weeks have just been so busy and hectic. I think like it's just this time of year, like everybody's sort of like way more settled than they were in the summer and just kind of like work is so busy. People are like back in their respective cities. So everyone's making plans. I've just Mm -hmm. felt like some some weeks I feel like my head is just like gonna explode by the end of the week because it's so busy. But this was such a fun week because I was in the city for a few days. I looked at a couple of apartments. I was in there. I was in the city for work. I stayed at two different hotels that I've loved both of them, the Walker Hotel in Greenwich Village, and then Arlo Hotel in Soho. If you guys don't know, like I've been looking for an apartment, but I've kind of been like, I don't know, lazy isn't the right word, but I've just been like slowly kind of looking and seeing what's out there. It's really a tough time to look for apartments in the city. But now I'm like really buckling down because I want by the like start of the new year to be settled and moved in. Honestly, just being in the city for two days, like it just like energizes me in a different way. Like I was in such a good mood when I came back. And a huge Mm -hmm. part of that was because I went to Aura and I posted about it on our Instagram story. But I had to talk about it on here too, because we've had the founder of Aura Acupuncture Studio on the podcast before. And we've talked about how much we both love it. And I seriously love it so much. Like it just puts me in such a good mood. And it makes me feel like so grounded and relaxed. If you have not tried acupuncture, and you live in the area, it is on the more expensive side when it comes to acupuncture. I think acupuncture in general is is pretty expensive, which is unfortunate, mm-hmm. but it's worth it. If you go there, try it. Highly, highly recommend. I think all of their acupuncturists are amazing, but I currently see Max and he's great. And I feel like it just put me again in such a good mood. So just wanted to recommend it again to anyone in the New York City area.
1: That's such a good recommendation. And I feel like 100% on what you're saying about everyone just being so busy. Did you see someone asked on or ask us anything if everyone's like she's noticed friends and dates or canceling (laughs) plans? Is everyone busy? Are we noticing this too? And I said, yes, because I had just canceled on you and work has been insane. (laughs) And I agree. I think people are just so busy. And I wrote that I think like, also, the I feel like maybe people's behaviors have changed coming out of COVID. When we, uh-huh. I mean, I personally have. I remember like going to having to go to work every single day, Monday through Friday, making plans, feeling like I couldn't cancel plans because I had committed, and we had a dinner reservation yeah. already. And now, if I'm so, too busy and I like need to do work, or I just mentally and physically can't make it out that night, I'm honest and I say I would like to reschedule. So. I I don't know. I'm feeling that too. I feel like even between the two of us, it just feels like we both have so much going on.
2: Yeah. And the day that Mia canceled on me, I then made plans with another friend after her and I canceled. And then I ended up having to cancel on my other friend because of something that, that happened with me. So it's just in the air. It's the time that people are just, yeah, they have a lot going on and you have to prioritize yourself sometimes. Like always, you have to know if, going out to one dinner is going to be worth it. Or if if it's going to stress you out more, then your friends can hang out another time. So we're all about, obviously in a respectful way, rescheduling and prioritizing your mental health in those cases. Yeah,
1: I agree. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about today? You had a product, right? Yes. So
2: I think I posted about a few things that I had ordered from Thrive Market. And one of them was this cereal company called Seven Sundays. And if you haven't heard of them, it's my new addiction. I've been really, really like obsessed with it lately. Basically, what they have is healthier cereals and muesli, which is kind of like an oatmeal. And they have all different kinds. They're all gluten free. They're all refined sugar free. They are all made with ingredients that you can read and that you like know what they are. So for example, their cereal is really only made out of cassava flour, sunflower protein, maple syrup, coconut oil, dates, maple sugar vanilla extract and sea salt so like literally nothing else if you look at the ingredients in most household cereals you'll see Mm -hmm. like a million other things that you can't pronounce (laughs) and a lot of sugar but they're so good they're in like these cute little sort of like sunflowery shapes (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) they're like in these cute little like you'll see when you open it up yeah they're so adorable and they're like so crunchy I love a crunchy cereal I feel like some of the gluten-free cereals I've tried in the past like the ones that are like sort of like imitation Cheerios I won't name the brands but there's a few brands that like as soon as you pour your milk in, it gets like soggy. Mm. These really like stay crunchy, which I love. Sometimes I'll just like sprinkle a handful at the bottom of my smoothie and I'll eat it like a smoothie bowl and it's delicious. I actually did also order the muesli, but I haven't made it yet, but I am a big oatmeal person. So I'll probably muesli, you can kind of have cold with like milk that you let sit and it gets kind of like a overnight overnight situation. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can make it like oatmeal. I'll probably do that. But Yeah. I really love them. They have for the cereal, they have four flavors. So they have a maple sea salt, which is the one that I am currently going through. They have a cocoa flavor, which is the one that I finished so quickly. And then they have a cinnamon and a real berry, which I haven't tried those yet, but pretty sure I have them both in my cabinet. So
1: really recommend. And sometimes I eat it with my oat house (laughs) (laughs) I love cereal. So I'm so excited to open it up and have it tomorrow. So I have never actually tried any of those like healthier imitation or like Uh healthier cereals. Yeah, so I'm excited. My thing isn't new, but I am not drinking this month, taking a little break pre-wedding. I'm sure everyone's sick of hearing about my wedding, but I'm taking a month off of drinking just to – I don't know. I just want to like – feel better. Like lately, if I drink on a Friday or Saturday night, I just feel like I miss the whole morning. I feel hungover no matter how much I drink. So I am taking a little reset, but I still love like, I love a cocktail or I love a glass of wine at the end of the night. So I've been drinking Olipop instead, which we've both talked about before. We both love. So Olipop is Again in theme with your product of choice and today's episode like a fun product from childhood or a fun a fun healthy take on something that isn't the healthiest yeah. so They're essentially, and they are kind of like imitation or replicas of the soda flavors that you love. So there's a vintage Coke option and there's like an orange crush and there's a root beer. So essentially these are like sugar-free probiotic sparkling sodas, but they contain like two to five grams of sugar compared to, I don't even want to think about how much sugar is in a can of soda. And they have... (laughs) prebiotics so they support your digestive health they are all of the things gluten-free vegan paleo there's nine grams of fiber in each can so that is amazing to actually have even a nutritional benefit of the prebiotics and fiber from a drink and i love them they have such great flavors they are like, and they—it's not like drinking like a Lacroix or drinking a sparkling soda. Like they actually have flavor, yeah. and they are pretty sweet. They have all different ingredients like that add to the flavor and sweetness, like cassava root and all of these marshmallow root. So there, there's a whole list of all of these ingredients on online. But I love the strawberry vanilla flavor, which. Mm. Is my absolute favorite. And sometimes I just am in the mood for like a classic root beer. Um, they have all different kinds. They have a new one called crisp apple, which I have what? not seen I need before. to try that. Yeah, they have a cherry cola, a cream soda, which I haven't tried. I'm not big, I'm not really big into cream soda, so I don't know about that. I was that. gonna say
2: I love the cream soda. <laughs>
1: <laughs> really? Yeah. And there's the ginger lemon, which is like less soda, more like tonic, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um so I really love them. I've been stocking up. They're a great alternative to a cocktail or just a fun drink to have at the end of the night. I will crack one open and sit on the couch while I'm watching TV and they're great. Are you still buying them like on Amazon or do you buy them at the store? <laughs> on Friday, Dan was drinking wine and I was really in the mood for a drink. So we've been using, I don't even know how to pronounce it, get Getter or Get-I-R. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, they deliver in five minutes. And the, literally the stocking warehouse is right across the street from me. So they guarantee delivery in about five minutes. But I swear to God, I click order on this app and it's like at my door in five oh seconds. Oh, my God. <laughs> <It's so funny. laughs> but they have a really great brand on Getter. Like they have all like, you can get like classic candies and ice creams and like sodas, but they also have things like Olipop and kombucha and just like interesting different kinds of snacks and desserts. So I really like it. I always get myself a special treat. Yeah,
2: I've heard great things about it. And I love Olipop, but I haven't had it in so long. I feel like because I'm not living near like a Whole Foods or a store that has them, but you can definitely order them on their website or on Amazon too. And they're delicious yeah another thing that is not a wreck but is a question is I really am in the market for a great sheet mask so if anybody wants to slide into (laughs) our dms and tell me a sheet mask that like actually makes a difference
1: that's a good that's a good question I feel like I have always to like collect random sheet masks I've never stuck to a particular brand
2: I just feel like lately I've been like neglecting my skin a little bit even though I've been using the solo wave and loving it I just feel like I used to always do sheet masks. And I haven't done one in so mm. long. I haven't done a face mask in forever. And I feel like I haven't been like up on my routine of like putting on body lotion every time I get out of the shower. I just really need to like bump up my self-care a little bit.
1: Yeah. I'll use this time to just reinforce my love for Solo Wave. And Carly wrote an amazing article about it. So check it out. She'll relink it. And we're loving the wave. My skin honestly just looks so good. I'm loving it too. And your skin does look really good. Thank you.
2: Okay, so I'm going to pick cards from the culture edition. Favorite edition. Of the Actually Curious deck. Yes, our favorite edition. So I'm going to pick three cards, and then we can decide like, depending on what they're like, if we want to answer them all or pick one to answer. So the first one is, who was your biggest childhood crush and where are they now? Oh, my God. Which reminds me, we have to talk about Tell Me (laughs) Lies. Yeah. And then what is your ultimate last meal? And what is your favorite city in the world?
1: Uh, well, honestly, your first question, so sad because it was Aaron Carter. Oh, my God. And really? Aaron Car- I love Maybe not my first, but like he was a big childhood crush of mine. He passed away this weekend and it's just so sad.
2: Yeah, it's so sad. I feel like that makes me like, you're only two years younger than me, but I feel like I was like more of a Nick Carter age and I didn't, I didn't even really know who Aaron Carter was, I don't think. Oh,
1: I loved Aaron Carter. Aaron's party. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: yeah, no, it's so sad. I've been seeing all of the posts from people who obviously knew him and knew what he was dealing with, which I didn't know that he like suffered from any me mental either. health or addiction issues, but it's so, sad. So I hadn't sad. heard about him in so long. I was going to go like another direction and say somebody that like I went to actual school with, like there was a boy in my kindergarten class that was like my total childhood yeah. crush. And then mm-hmm. we rekindled things in like seventh grade. <laughs> um, but now I think he's married <sighs> and he has a kid. <sighs> and so that's my answer to that question. But what is your ultimate last meal? I feel like I could get like super, super specific and pick out like a restaurant. Honestly, like my ultimate last meal would probably be that place we went in Positano.
1: mm. Uh, oh my
2: Cause you could yeah. eat for
1: hours and hours. It was just so fun. Uh, my like my last meal would definitely be Italian food of like all sorts, like yeah. pizzas and pastas and bread and cheese. That would be my last meal, and a lot of wine.
2: Yeah, wine. Like I would probably start with like a Negroni or or a um, Dirty Martini, and then just have. So much Italian Mm. food and gelato gelato for sure. Or some type of like cake or cookie. I'm really into like baked goods. Mm. And then my favorite city in the world, I guess, I think it is Rome. Like in terms of like where I've been so far, I've been to, I mean, honestly, no, maybe it was London. I don't know.
1: I think New York city is my favorite city, but I was just thinking of like trips. Yes. Travel. Yeah. Yeah, I loved Rome. I don't think I could live in Rome, but I loved it. I could live
2: in the London <laughs> a thousand percent and I think I could live in Rome, but uh, only like I would be saying that, assuming that I would become fluent in Italian and be able to yes. like speak to everybody. <laughs> but yeah, so we, I guess we can wrap up just by quickly talking about Tell Me Lies because <laughs> last week our entire intro was about Tell Me Lies, but we, neither of us had finished the show yet. And now we've both finished it. If you haven't watched it, just skip forward like two minutes and get to the episode. But it was wild. It was a wild ride. the whole show. I think today we can mainly just talk about the finale because last week we talked about pretty much everything leading up to it.
1: It was insane. It was a wild ride. i am so I cannot wait for the next season. I honestly like should we give away like spoilers? I guess like a major spoiler alert, yeah I Didn't expect like Stephen to just like walk away and get back together with Diana in that moment. But it was just like so it was like so cold. They just held hands and walked down the stairs and glared at Lucy and it was like. I honestly at that point I'm like I didn't care. I'm like I'm not rooting for this couple. I was just shocked. <laughs>
2: and like why did he do
1: that? It's I don't just know. because he knows that she can
2: get him like what he like the life that he
1: wants. I think that he kind of like I th- agree. I think he was like really turned off by like Lucy just like canceled her summer plans, her dream. it yeah. was just like so available. And I totally was probably a, like I was probably like that in college. I feel like I would like alter my life to like fit being with someone else and like I it's so unattractive looking back at now. And like, we always preach like, have your own life, have your own goals, have your own drive, like lead independent lives alongside your partner. And I think like, that's kind of what Diana had with him and definitely not Lucy. Yeah. But I
2: also do think that he liked being able to control her. So I felt like I was surprised. I think he liked, he like wanted to like drive her away from her mom. And like, I don't know, I just felt like he wanted to like, own her basically, but then didn't like when she didn't also have like her own drive yeah. and dedication, which was interesting to me. But yes, that part was like a shot through the heart. And it's funny because like watching it as an adult and watching that play out, you're like, what? Like that doesn't happen. Like he wouldn't just like leave, but like that would happen in college. Like I feel like that a college relationship like would end that way. Like you could have they were, they were together yeah. for like basically the entire year. And then <laughs> he like just walked out of the party with somebody else. <laughs> I know.
1: And then i know the part that was gut-wrenching to me was when lucy slept with evan yes i when that scene came on and you saw lucy in bed i was like please no please no please no as it panned out and it was
2: and i was like more mad at him like because
1: he was one of my favorites like first of all him and brie were like
2: too good for the rest of the show they were both normal i spent a lot of the show wishing that i was like brie in college (laughs) because she was like so self-aware and like not making stupid decisions really Mm -hmm. like i feel like it was just like even from the first time she slept with that guy and he didn't treat her well she like told him off right away and i was like what and she was so good with evan i loved them together and obviously they're engaged now in present day in the show and she has no idea that he slept maybe maybe
1: they told i don't know we don't know i doubt it There's no way.
2: And then I was just confused about then how he shows up with what's her name.
1: Yeah, that literally came out of nowhere. So there has to be a season two or I want to read the book because I don't know. That shocked me. (laughs) So Steven shows
2: up at this party that's years forward. How many years is it? Um, Seven. Okay. Um, And he's now engaged to Lucy's best friend from home who like doesn't even go to the school with them. So definitely really confused about where that came from and like why they felt the need to do that. But I did read an article that was like when she was pitching the show. That was the part, like, then she ended the pitch with saying, like, and then he shows up and he's engaged to Lydia. And they were all like, whoa, and like so thrown by that. So, like, yeah. I feel like it was kind of that made me like almost not like it because I feel like it was just like almost for just for the shock value. Unless it's in the book. I, I think know. they'll do a good job of like tying it together. That made me think it wasn't in the book because oh. like she was talking about how that's how she like pulled it together and like the mm. show or whatever. But I'm, interesting confident that they'll do a good job of tying it together i think it was <laughs> i honestly i thought the show was so good and i was cracking up because i did that poll last week after our intro of like do you does it like resonate with you or do you relate to yeah. it like nobody did. i think it was like 30 percent of people agreed that like it felt relatable to their college experience and i was like i guess we're the minority
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i had like a sneaking suspicion that would be the case but i was like kind of hoping that i wasn't the only we weren't the only ones like the, in the situation, the Evan part, I actually, when she would call, go and confide in Evan, I had that exact yeah. situation of my ex boyfriend's friend literally was the one who confirmed to me that he, my ex, was cheating on me because he felt bad and told me basically the verbatim what Evan told Lucy. He told he said to me, Mia, if you have a gut feeling that he's doing something wrong, believe yeah. it. Yeah. And then I obviously went back together with him and like, it just, it brought me back so much to my life and I felt so bad for the Evan character, but then he also fucked
2: up. Well, I was (laughs) curious. I am curious to see in season two, like if Lucy, I I have to assume that they have more like on and off Lucy and Steven since then. Otherwise it would be like kind of crazy that they're like still having this tension seven years later when nothing else happened, but it's just so classic like there were so many things about the show that just hit home Yep. (laughs) so great show definitely recommend if you haven't watched it yet (laughs) hopefully you didn't just listen to all of that though (laughs) but I feel like I'm still I don't know I'm kind of like weird with spoilers I like never really care about them
1: but yes we hope you guys love this episode yes thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy the episode we'll be back with more soon Welcome back. We are so excited for our guest today. We've been looking forward to this conversation. She is the founder of one of our favorite brands. So welcome to the podcast, The founder of Oat House Ali Bonner. Thank you. Ah, oh, So excited
0: to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. We're so excited too. So we always like to start just by having your
2: guests tell everybody listening a little bit more about themselves. So can you tell everybody where
0: you're from, where you live, and then a little bit more about all the things that you do? Absolutely. Yeah. So hi, everyone. I'm Ali Bonner. Um, as mentioned, I grew up actually in San Diego, lived in San Francisco for a hot sack for college, and then I'm now in Philadelphia, which was for the business, which I can share more about, but essentially moved out here because our manufacturing expanded out this way. So moved here about two years ago. I am brand new to the East Coast. It's been, you know, very different coming from just a life in California, my little bubble. Um, So that's been really fun and just something new. I am the CEO, which is hilarious. Anyone who knows being at a startup, because I also... Scrub the toilets, ship (laughs) like I do it all. Um, So technically, that's my title, but I really don't resonate with that. But I do resonate with being a founder and everything that comes along with that. So yeah, super excited to dive in. And if you're interested in my granola butter kind of story, I'd be happy to dive in then, or we can kind of go into it later.
2: I think we should get straight to
1: that. Yes, we're dying to hear the (laughs) granola story.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. So I know granola butter for anyone who's listening who hasn't heard what it is um sort of a unique concept, definitely weird. I'll be the first one to admit that and it actually came out of my eating disorder recovery. So, I had struggled for over a decade with multiple eating disorders, orthorexia if anyone's familiar with that, which is sort of a newer eating disorder. I mean, it's been around forever, I'm sure, but just more mainstream in terms of awareness. And it's just essentially, you know, almost an obsession with eating perfectly clean all the time. So for me, it just really presented itself like, you know, I had a lot of anxiety around going out to eat, I really restricted entire food groups from my diet. And it was just really stressful, you know, a really toxic place to be in mentally, and um, just not not fun. So that really went on um, for a long time. I also struggled with binge eating as a result of that. So obviously when you restrict your body from, you know, different food groups or calories or anything in general, your body's going to want to slingshot back the other direction. And so I just I have so much compassion for myself back then because at the time I just kept thinking, you know, oh my god, what's wrong with me? Like I'm broken or I have no willpower or, you know, I just thought something inherently was was messed up with my relationship with food. And you know, turns out I was actually just restricting myself and my body was just trying to keep me alive. And so it's just, it's crazy kind of what we put ourselves through and also how, you know, we always think it's our fault, right? It's never the diet's fault or it's never society's fault. It's always, you know, us. And so, yeah, I just have a lot of compassion for anyone listening who's currently struggling or has, has gone through something in the past. But long story short, you know, I was living in San Francisco working in tech and I had graduated from my undergrad at that point and studied nutrition for undergrad, which just added fuel to the fire, unfortunately, with my obsession with with food. And so I really was just tired. You know, I was mentally so exhausted of of just tracking every calorie and, you know, thinking about everything I was putting in my mouth. And I really felt like I was living this double life. Like I would be, you know, in conversation with you, for example, but my mind would be elsewhere. And I just wouldn't be able to really be present in my life. And that was really hard for me to, you know, to experience. So finally ended up reaching out for help, worked with this incredible woman that essentially just you know, changed my whole relationship with food. It definitely didn't happen overnight. I want to preface with saying that, but, um, finally, you know, started adding my fear foods back into my diet. So for me, I was terrified of peanut butter, almond butter, you know, those nut butters, because they were a little bit more calorically dense. And so as I started to add them back in, I really, um, had a hard time digesting them because my body was just sort of a mess. (laughs) Honestly, after years of restricting and binging. And so my nutritionist at the time recommended, Hey, you know, while we sort of heal your gut and get your body back to, to good health, why don't you try some of these nut free spreads? So I tried the sunflower seed butter. I tried soy nut butter and I don't have nut allergies. So I never had to eat those spreads. And so when I tried them, I was like, Oh my gosh, these are just so bad. Like I was like, I like, I can't believe that, you know, this is the only option out there. So really, the idea for our product came out of my own kind of selfish need of you know something that happened to be nut free, but it didn't taste nut free. Um, So I was really inspired by Oatly, and you know oat milk was coming on the scene. It's about 2017 at this point. How old were you at this point? Let's see, I'm turning 30 this year, so that was you know four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah. Do the (laughs) (laughs) math. Yeah. And so I I was like, okay, you know, if Oatly can make a milk out of oats, like I can make a freaking spread out of oats. So that's where the idea came from. But it, I mean, from that moment until we actually got something on the market, that was like a whole other journey, um, hundreds of iterations later, but we can go into that later. Um, but yeah, that's where really the idea for our product came from. And that's why I feel so strongly about just bringing fun and play and joy to food, because I think, especially in the wellness space, and would love to hear your guys' thoughts on this. It's almost just like, I don't know, it almost has gotten so strict and so rigid at times where I'm like, I find myself eating something just because it's healthy. And I'm like, I don't like the taste of this. I'm not really enjoying this, but like, I'm finding myself eating it because I know it's good for me. And I know there's, you know, time and a place for that, right? Getting nutrition in your body. But I just really wanted to create a product that Um, people reached for because it made them happy. And because, you know, like when we were kids, it was just something that sounded good. And it wasn't, I feel like in this adulting world that we find ourselves in as we get older, it's kind of like we lose that a little bit. Like we do everything because it's either productive or, you know, accomplishing something and it's never just for the fun of it. So I really just wanted to infuse a lot more fun back into the wellness space. Um, And
1: that's, yeah, that's a little bit about us. Thanks so much for sharing. I appreciate you sharing your whole wellness journey because I think that even just calling out and giving something a name that maybe people are struggling with and don't really realize. I'm sure to like other people when you were eating so healthy and so clean, people were like, "Wow, I want to be more like Allie. She's so like knowledgeable about food and eats so healthy and really like I appreciate you opening up to kind of what was going on there and how what always like might appear to be a very healthy lifestyle could be like you said, a mental prison. So I relate. Absolutely. And I think that's actually a really
0: good point because I was a nutrition student. And I think now that the wellness industry is becoming way more mainstream, it's easier to disguise, you know, Oh, she's just the healthy one or, Oh no, I'm just trying to improve my health. And I think, you know, you know, the difference in your gut, right? Like I think all of us, unless you're sort of in denial, which I also was for a period of time, but there is just this fine line of like, you know, eating healthy and wellness, it should add value to your life. It shouldn't make your life more stressful. It shouldn't, you know, consume your thoughts on a daily basis. And so, yeah, I I think that's a great point too, of like, I was very able to hide it. And so I think you just have to get real with yourself and, and you know, when it's a problem.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And I feel like I've like gone down paths before where like you just get so obsessed with it, especially with things like social media, because you see all these products and all these like health trends and things that are healthy. And like it definitely like intuitive eating is like a whole other topic that we could spend a whole podcast episode on. But I am so curious about you starting the company. So was it something that from the start you started on your own or was it always with you do it with is he your husband? Or yeah, your, Yeah, I have
0: two co-founders. Um okay. yeah so yeah I'll tell you that quick journey so um yeah so I was dating my boyfriend at the time Eric who's still my boyfriend but we've been together for like 10 years <laughs> everyone's like no, you okay. guys getting engaged and i'm like In the <laughs> business you know <laughs> we are designing an engagement ring together right now which is exciting oh my god, oh my god. Yeah. congratulations so At this point, I'm like the business is way more commitment, so it's all it feels like way less exciting than everyone (laughs) you know thinks it is. But (laughs) married to the business, right, right. It's just funny, (laughs) but anyways, um, yeah. So him and I were dating at at this point, and you know he worked in consulting. He worked for Accenture and. Uh, was flying all over the country doing, you know, consulting things, which I still don't even really know what consultants do. I'm like, it's just like, you know, career path to me. Where I'm like, what what do you guys even do all that? But he was very, you know, great at throwing together a PowerPoint, like problem solver. He had kind of all those skills and he always has been very entrepreneurial. Um, And then I was working, as I mentioned, in tech, just for a health tech company. I was um, in a marketing role and both of us were loving tech. Like I, I want to mention this because I think, a lot of times you'll hear like, oh, you know, I was born to be an entrepreneur. Like I personally never actually mm-hmm. saw myself as an entrepreneur. I'm not a numbers person. I thought you had to be like an Excel whiz. And I was, I'm not driven by money. So I always was like, you know, nothing about me screams entrepreneur. But as I've, as I've grown through this journey, I've learned, oh yeah, I am an entrepreneur. Like it just comes in so many different shapes and sizes. Mm. Um, so after I had the idea I didn't really know what the next step was. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck of like, Oh, I have this idea, but I don't know what to do next. Or I don't know what direction to take it. And I do really credit Eric, my partner with this, in this point of just like giving me that push. And I think that confidence that I needed, because at the time I was like, I don't know anything about running a company, let alone a food company, you know, and he was kind of just like, let's just take it step by step. So neither of us quit our jobs. Like we were doing this nights and weekends and. weekends At the time, I had about 10,000 Instagram followers, you know, which is not a lot, but it was enough to kind of be like a small test market. So we were like, we're going to launch pre-orders on Instagram and just kind of see how it goes. And so we were, you know, starting to work on the early iterations because obviously you need an MVP or, you know, minimum viable product to kind of just like launch and test in the market with. And we're like trying all these different recipes and Eric and I both love food, but we are not by any means you know, well-versed in the culinary space. <laughs> we don't have any training is what I mean to say. And so we happen to actually have a vacation plan to Paris at the time. This is like September, 2017. And we're like racking our brain, you know, who in our network is a chef or who can we bring on to help us just like get this recipe to where it needs to be? Cause it was not sellable. Like I was sending samples to my friends, but they were all sort of humoring me like, oh, this is good, you know, but they're like choking down, they're like, you know, chugging water, (laughs) so dry. And um, so it was just so serendipitous. We're in Paris and Eric is like, oh my gosh, how did I forget? You know, Ari, who turned out to be our third co-founder, he went to a summer camp growing up with Eric and he, you know, worked at Michelin star restaurants. He was helping open a restaurant in Paris. And cool. so Eric's like, oh my gosh, we need to pitch Ari on this idea. And if you know anything about the fine dining industry, it is such a grind. So Ari was just like so burned out. He was ready for a change and just like the stars aligned, everything kind of lined up. And so we ended up bringing him on as our third co-founder. And you know, the rest is history in terms of just like him perfecting the recipe Adding that chef's kiss, yeah. <laughs> making it something mm-hmm. that tastes really good. Um, yeah. So those are the early days of sort of the team coming together, and so at this point now we all have our own lanes. But yeah, we can talk about working with your partner because that's something that um, you know is a blessing and a curse. Yes.
1: For sure. I want to hear so much about that and the relationship dynamics and kind of like the strengths. But I want to go back to something earlier that you said that kind of falls into, I'm sure, what you brought Ari on was like food being fun. And you have such fun flavors, I think, for those that have heard that this is a granola butter spread, but there are, there's so much more than that. This like Carly and I can attest, this is one of the most delicious products we've ever tasted. And you have such fun standard flavors, but you're always sprinkling in fun, seasonal or limited edition flavors. So tell, walk us through that. What's your favorite one? And like, where do you get the inspiration and the recipes for all of them? Is this Ari yeah. we should be thanking for the, yes. <laughs> our favorite oh my flavors? <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. New product creation. Actually, it's funny you're asking me this because we just had a meeting today, Eric, Ari and I, um, for planning like flavor planning for next year, which anyone hearing this, that probably works at a big company is like, Oh my gosh, you guys are just now planning flavors for next year because most big companies will plan like years and years out. But being a startup, yes, we, we are. And it's, I love that because we can, you know, Ask the customers what they want, or we can, you know, go on trends happening in the market. We also self-manufacture, so we don't have to rely on anyone else's timelines. Where most brands will use a co-packer, which means they pay someone else to make their product for them, um, but there's like long lead times and minimum order quantities, and just like all that, you know, fun stuff. Um, but yeah, in terms of creating new flavors, so how it usually goes is we have, you know, sort of our our core flavors that never change. And then we have our seasonals that never change like pumpkin spice, um, apple pie coming up, which is so exciting. And then we have these sort of like limited drop flavors. So we just did the s'mores. Um, and usually with the limited drops, we use those almost as like a test because Mm. there's certain flavors where you just know are going to slap. So like cookie dough, I knew it was going to be a banger. Birthday cake, same thing. (laughs) Everyone loves those flavors, right? Yeah. But there's certain ones, not saying s'mores isn't, but there's certain ones where, you know, it's just fun to kind of create like the hype and the buzz and do a limited drop. When it comes Mm -hmm. to actually figuring out what flavors we want to do, we actually rely on our community a lot. So we add all of our subscribers. So people who subscribe, you know, they get a box every month or multiple a month on our website. We add to our close friend story on Instagram. And that is such a tight knit little community that we've built on there. I don't even know how many people we have on there now, but it is popping. Like I will post, you know, say when we were doing our birthday cake flavor, I was holding up bags of different sprinkles. And I'm like, do you guys want this one? Or do you want this one? And people would vote. So like, we really try to be super inclusive and, you know, have people join us on the flavor creation journey um obviously you know to an extent because there're certain things that just yeah. like price and operations logistics etc but yeah i mean we get a ton of ideas from our community and then you know Eric Ari and i will sit down and we'll sort of figure out okay price wise like what makes sense so we actually cut our blueberry flavor earlier in the year because it wasn't selling very well and blueberries are super fucking expensive especially mm. organic so we were like this isn't worth it you know and of course like there's some people that are going to be sad but you kind of have to look at, you know, it's a business, right? So you have to look at the numbers. So a lot of like fruit flavors are really expensive. Anything with mix-ins is expensive, you know, anything like that. So you kind of have to be cognizant of price. And then like I mentioned, logistics wise, I mean, we make everything ourselves. So we have some limitations on things like with our filler, you know, it's like, we can't put certain things in there or else it'll get stuck. So just like boring stuff like that, that people don't really think about, but it's been such a learning curve. We're just trying to, as we grow to kind of make the best decision we can and being able to make stuff ourselves really helps with that. But that's like a little bit. And then yeah, Ari will, you know, R and D test the flavors, iterate, iterate. And I think it really, I really owe it to him, you know, to kind of put those final touches in and bring it all together.
2: Yeah, it's so cool to get that like inside scoop on on the whole process. But I do want to talk more because like you said, you have an Instagram following and you had it before you even started your business and you share a lot about your life. And I love the things that you share that make it clear that you really prioritize like all aspects of your health and your wellness. But you also talk about like mental health too. So I want to hear more about your journey on that side of things. Obviously, it all plays together. And that's what we believe. But you've talked a little bit about therapy. So I'm curious to hear about kind of when you started going to therapy and what your experience has been and things that you've learned.
0: Yeah. Great questions. I love talking about mental health. I am such an advocate and I really was someone before I started this business, I was just like, I wasn't anti therapy, but I was very much just like, I don't need that. You know, I was kind of just like, I'm happy go lucky. Um, and turns out I was actually just, uh, I was just disconnected from my feelings. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was kind of disassociated, you know, from from actually feeling my emotions. And so that's, you know, I went through most of my life being like, yeah, I, you know, I I never cry. Like I was I almost prided myself on like never crying and being kind of that like cool girl that's like, I don't really feel things. And I wondered why I turned to food, you know, I wondered why I I binged on food. Right, because I wasn't actually processing my emotions. So I really feel like in the last few years I've gone through a lot. I I really feel like I've kind of, you know, compressed many years of of emotional intelligence and processing things and kind of smushed them into like the last few years, also while trying to grow a business. So it's been a lot, (laughs) to be honest with you. Probably wouldn't recommend that that combination to anyone else. But I'm really glad that it happened. And I currently see just a talk therapist. Um, so psychotherapist and then also a somatic therapist, which has been so cool. The combination. And, what is that? Um, for anyone who yeah. doesn't, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know somatic is just it just means body based. So you know, we'll do some talking obviously in the beginning. I'll catch her up on sort of like what I'm going through or if there's anything I want to talk about or focus on. But the majority of the session is allowing your body to really lead the way. So kind of what that looks like is it's all virtual. So like I see both my therapists over zoom, which is so great. And, um, you know, I'll just, it's almost like I get into a meditative state. So she'll have me like do a body scan and then she'll really have me just, you know, slowly kind of drop into my body and then really just, you know, let my body speak up. So typically I'll say, you know, say for example, I'm like, Oh, my hips are really feeling, you know, tight or something like that. And then we'll focus on my hips or I'm feeling, you know, sadness in my heart and my chest just feels sort of like empty and hollow and, and cold. And then we'll do something where, you know, if I'm feeling an emotion in a certain place or body part, I'll really visualize and like send love to that body part. And, you know, maybe I'll put my hand over it, et cetera. And it's crazy. Like the more attention you can really draw to that area of your body, And if you're just, you know, focusing on it and sending love to it, as woo -woo as it sounds, I, I can't make this shit up. Like you almost feel your body respond, you know? And I think it's just such an important practice for me personally, because I've lived so much of my life neck up, you know, very in my head, overthinking, anxiety, et cetera. And just very disconnected to my body that you would be shocked, like what signals your body is trying to tell you. And also just what emotions are stored in your body. And especially anyone who's experienced any traumatic event and doesn't have to be sexual assault. It doesn't have to be, you know, domestic violence. Like I think we've all experienced, you know, little T traumas and big T traumas. And, um, I think that word trauma has become kind of cliche at this point too, but like it's a definition that's really helped me. Cause I was like, well, I had a pretty like good childhood, you know, my parents weren't abusive, like all these things, but it's like, it really depends on you and your perspective. Like any event can be considered traumatic. It just matter, you know. It just depends on kind of how you perceive it. So, um, yeah, I, I just think somatic has been really helpful for me, especially after having an eating disorder, just because you know it's helped me tap back into my body and um, really come to terms with emotions that, that I thought were scary for a long time, and realizing that they're just vibrations in your body, and you know they're not that big of a deal. So, yeah, I see both of those. I'm trying to think what else. I've also really gotten into. Um, psychedelic work for, you know, past traumatic events. So I've been doing that with one of my therapists, which has been so amazing. I'd never done psychedelics before. So that was very scary and new
1: to me. Um, but yeah, I think those have been really helpful. That's so cool. I've been in like talk therapy for years and years and that like, even if I take breaks, that's the one I go back to. But it's, I'm always so interested in hearing, like I've never had any experience in any other type of therapy. That's why I even asked what somatic was. And we're both into like anything woo woo. So I'd be down to explore a psychedelic therapy. Nice. <laughs> but it's just like, it, I like, even that like goes back to the question of like how all of these things play together in terms of wellness. Mm-hmm. I think when you're thinking about, healing or feeling your emotions or getting to the root of a problem. Like if talk therapy is not exactly working for you or you don't resonate with it, there's so many other options. And even like, I admit that I'm not familiar with all of these. So it's just, it's like so cool to hear what else is out there to really connect with your emotions that is unique to you.
0: 100%. Like I love talk therapy for, you know, sometimes when you're just like, I just want to vent, I just want to get it off my chest, or maybe you want to talk through a problem. Like I think it's super helpful, but Mm -hmm. I'm the type of person that, like I mentioned, I'm a recovering people pleaser. I sort of, I know how to tell people what they want to hear sometimes. And I kind of felt myself getting a little bit stuck because I was like, I'm not allowing myself to actually go as deep where with other modalities, like you said, you know, somatic, it's like your, your body doesn't lie. And it's sort of you're just like mm-hmm. allowing these emotions to come up that maybe you didn't even realize were there. So yeah, I think like yeah. you said, like, there's not one that's, you know, better or worse, but just figuring out what you need at a certain time or what works for you, like, it's all an experiment. And then also something else that's been really helpful is finding a therapist that I resonate with. Like Mm -hmm. I went to a ton of therapists before the ones that I see today. And I was like, yeah, therapy's not for me. And it turns out it just wasn't a good fit, you know, personality wise. So it's almost like dating. You kind of have to find people that (laughs) you really connect with, you know,
2: Yeah, we totally agree. I think that sometimes you might see a therapist and it kind of turns you off from the whole practice because you're like, I'm not really getting much out of this. I've seen people before that like, they didn't really talk much. And I feel like I need somebody who does kind of like push me to get things out, whereas somebody else might benefit from someone who just listens. So it just kind of depends on what you're looking for. But I'm also curious, because you've been with your boyfriend for a while, you've been with him for over 10 years, you said, and it was during the time when you were going through your eating disorder, and then all also through the sexual assault recovery that you mentioned, how has that like, how have those things impacted your relationship? And what advice do you have for somebody who might be working through some of these types of things while also trying to like maintain a healthy relationship with their partner?
0: Mm, Yeah, such a good question. It really has been a learning experience for us. And, you know, Eric is one of those people where I remember, you know, I would take him to, I was like, let's do couples therapy. Like, let's just try it out. Cause I had like certain things that, you know, I felt like he needed to work on or whatever. I was trying to fix him. And then the mm-hmm. therapist was like, no, that's actually all like you, <laughs> like, like he's fine. So I think you know, I was like, oh shit, that backfired on me. I never took him to, to couples therapy again. No. <laughs> it was, yeah. I think it's just, you know, it actually has really helped us a lot because what I've found and every relationship is so different. Right. But like, I'm no, you know, relationship counselor, but, um, for me, when I am feeling so happy with myself, when I'm loving myself, when I'm feeling good in my body, um, you know, when I'm feeling good mentally, that's when I can show up to be the best partner. And that's when our relationship is actually amazing. And it's, you know, the times where I'm hungry or, you know, about to start my period and I'm like bitchy. And then that's when we get into little tips. And I kind of feel like Eric is just this like stagnant, you know, placebo and I'm like the, you know, the crazy one, but I just think regardless, you know, it's just been, yeah, it's been such a great thing for our relationship, but it also has been really challenging. And, um, you know, with the sexual assault, which you had mentioned, um, I think that's something that really did test us just because it was you know such a hard thing that i was really processing and it's like when you're the partner you know it's really hard for you to know what to do or know how to help or you know know if they just if they need a solution or if they just want to be heard and so um i think if i have any advice for people who are you know maybe not even going through something that traumatic but just you know starting to work on themselves and starting to to go to therapy um i would just really clearly communicate to your partner like this is what I want from you. You know, this is what I'm expecting from you because I think mm-hmm. it would have helped us a lot if I told Eric like, Hey, I just want you to hold space for me. And I, mm. you know, I'm working through this. I don't need your help, but I just kind of need you to hear me out. Or, um, you know, I really want you to ask me questions about it, or I don't want you to ask me questions about it. Like giving them guidance. Cause I think, you know, when there's some gray <laughs> vagueness is kind of when, um, yeah, expectations just aren't met on both sides, and people get confused and hurt and and all of that. So I remember when I first told Eric about my sexual assault, you know, we've been together for ten years and it happened right before I met him. Um, and it was something that obviously happened yeah a decade ago. And for some reason because I had suppressed it for so long, it truly felt like when I started you know the first person I opened up to was my therapist, but the second person was Eric. And it felt like it happened yesterday. Like it was so raw and it was just like touching like a hot iron. Like it was just, I couldn't even get close to it. And so I was just so emotionally, yeah, just so emotionally raw when I opened up to him about it. And so I think had I known, you know, what I know now, I probably would have waited and it's, you know, you don't have to share every little, you know, intimate detail with your partner if it's not going to, help the situation or if you don't want to. Um, so I think, yeah, sharing too much too soon also can be sort of harmful for yourself or for your relationship. And, um, I think that's why therapy is so great because there's certain things that, you know, Eric doesn't have to be my therapist. Like he doesn't have to be this person that I tell everything to. Obviously I want to share most things with him, but there are certain things that, you know, it can be helpful just for, for you to just keep to yourself or between you and your therapist. So yeah, those are like just a few things that I've learned
1: mm-hmm. along the way. Thanks for sharing, even opening up more about the assault and how that played into your relationship. But I also appreciate what you said about how like anyone's like little T trauma or big T trauma, no matter what you're dealing with, it's your experience with yourself and your experience that you're sharing with other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that your relationship is so dependent on what you said, your relationship with yourself and how confident you are in the work that you've done to get through those traumas that you've experienced. So it's just good perspective and to think about how your relationship, like while it's two-sided, so much of what you're getting back is what you're putting in and that has to do with your relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. How has it been working with him? Yeah. So that's also been a journey. Since, um, in a different <laughs>
0: uh, it's all, it's all a journey. Life's a journey. So that's another question I get a ton and I never really know how to answer it just because again, like every relationship so different, but I will say you really have to look at your relationship so objectively and be like, do I actually work well with this person? Like, you know, sexual mm. romantic, like relations aside, you know, truly just like Work skills (laughs) like, do we work well together? Um, and so when Eric and I looked at that, it was like, Yeah, like he's you know, literally the yin to my yang. I am just so big, creative, you know, bold branding, and he's like very, you know, methodical and detail oriented and numbers person, and like everything that I hate. Mm -hmm. And so, we're like, Okay, we actually do, you know, and then personality wise, can we work together? We do not have the type of relationship that is like, you know passionately making out one minute and fighting, you know, to nail yeah. the next. Like, you know, those couples that they're just so mm-hmm. up and down volatile. And like maybe that works for them. It's like very, you know, fiery and and explosive. Like, you know, we're we're pretty stable. Like we have we're very passionate, obviously, but it's like mm-hmm. we are just very chill people, both of us. So I also felt like we weren't gonna be, you know, getting into a lot of arguments or I just feel like we're pretty reasonable and we like talk things out before it gets to that point. So that was another thing. Cause it's like there's nothing wrong if you have a fiery relationship but like is that gonna work best in the workplace you know when you have employees or investors like you kind of have to you know be mm-hmm. a little bit more calm yeah um, so that was another guy yeah, it's just like you know as you're thinking of forming a partnership like that it's just like things you have to think about and then lastly i think the the toughest thing is actually when you first start a business you're so passionate about about it you're talking about it all the time i'm sure it's like when you have a baby or you know a newborn I don't have kids yet but it's like you know you've created this thing together and so all you want to do is talk about it but if you're not talking about the business what is your relationship right and so mm-hmm. I think we really were lost for a little bit because we would go out you know on date nights and I'm like all right no talking about the business and we would just sit there and we're like, what, <laughs> like, what else do we talking about? And so I think really maintaining, you know, hobbies either together or separate, like outside of the business mm-hmm. is so important. Like really prioritizing your sex life, really prioritizing the romantic part of your relationship. Because otherwise you'll just become business partners and roommates. And, you know, we all know how that goes. Um, so that was really, you know, important. And then setting boundaries for like, you know, once we leave the office, like if Eric, you know, comes home, I'm gonna be like No, like we don't talk about things after a certain point within reason, obviously, sometimes we make exceptions, but those are all like kind of the, the negative things. But the positive is like, I cannot imagine doing this without him. Like I cannot imagine if he was just like working a nine to five and I'm like trying to give him all this shit that's going on. And he's like, well, you know, I didn't like the lunch that was catered today. And I'm like, <laughs> oh <my God." laughs> you know, so it's been so, so special to build this together. And it's like, hands down, just the most incredible experience we've had together. I think it's really made us grow in so, so many ways, but yeah, long story short, um, it's not for everyone and we're definitely, mm-hmm. you know, not perfect by any means.
2: That's amazing. And those are all such good tips. And I feel like it's so clear that they're all learned. At first, you had to figure out like the balance between talking about work all the time and things like that. So I love that these are all like real applicable tips that people can think about that, like you've learned through all this experience working together. So very cool. I feel like we could talk to you forever. But we always like to close with just a few quick rapid fire questions. So before we do that, can you tell everybody listening where they can find you?
0: Yes, yeah. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um. Yeah, you can find, I guess, me personally on Instagram is just my name, at Ali Bonner. And then our brand is oat.house, and it's H-A-U-S. Okay, amazing. And we'll put all of that in the show notes.
2: But, okay, so real quick, what is the best trip you ever went on?
0: Ooh, let's see. Oh. I think in the spirit, so I'm turning 30 next month, December, and I'm headed to New Zealand with my family for my 30th. And the first time I was ever there was 2017. It was like a girl's trip with one of my girlfriends that moved there after college. I don't know if you guys have ever been to New Zealand, but it is no. another planet. It's like, it's the coolest place because they speak English. So obviously it's, you know, feels somewhat comfortable. Yeah. But then you look around and you're like, this feels like another world. It's just, everything feels cleaner and more vibrant and just the people are great. Like it's one of my favorite places in the world. Um, so if, if, and when I ever get the chance after this business, I will definitely, definitely want to move there someday.
1: That's amazing. amazing. I need to go. I'm dying to go. Yeah. What is your favorite method of self care?
0: Hmm. Let's see. Oh my gosh. So many. Um, I love dancing, just like in my room. I put my noise canceling headphones in, no mirrors, definitely no mirrors. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck what I look like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not cute, it's not choreographed. It's just, I wouldn't even call it dancing. Maybe just like <laughs> shaking jumping. out my body. Yeah, just like movement or, <laughs> you know, just like letting out energy through my body, especially at the end of a day. You know, when you're just like, you're so rigid being an adult all day and then you just need to like, let it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's like my favorite thing. I feel like you I have such a good grasp
0: on the connection between your mind and your
2: body. And I feel like I need to get mm-hmm. get more in tune with mm-hmm. that. But I oh, know exactly mm-hmm. what you mean, like that feeling of just like letting out the energy.
0: Yeah. It's almost like you look at little kids and like they get the zoomies or, you know, animals and yeah. like mm-hmm. zoomies and they run around and they get it out. Like mm-hmm. I, I really feel like that's so healthy. Yeah, I totally, totally. agree. What is one food
2: that you can't live without?
0: Uh, I mean, I probably should say my product. <laughs> um, but, you know, to be a little more, I guess, outside of my product, because, you know. Yes, off the table. Yeah, I, I get a little sick of it sometimes because I'm just surrounded by it every day, <laughs> to be completely honest. That's why it's good we launch new flavors. Um, one product I can't live without, probably matcha or like any or just coffee. I, I mean, I guess I don't mm. have a brand, but yeah. Caffeine in general, I've gone through phases where I was like no caffeine and I I just always come back to it. It's just, it has a chokehold on me.
1: (laughs) I I need it. I thought you were going to say avocados. We didn't even talk about your avocado.
0: I know, I know. know. (laughs) End of an era, I know.
1: (laughs) Well, we love to close out every episode with a piece of advice to leave our listeners with. So Allie, what is a piece of advice you would give to your younger self? Hmm. Don't think about the calories.
0: <laughs> they really No one, no one cares if you're, what your body looks like. Um, and just live in the moment and yeah, eat, eat the cake. Those are mm-hmm. my, that's my advice.
2: That <laughs> might be the best advice it. that we've ever gotten. Eat the cake. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> this was so much fun though. Thank you so much. We really, really loved chatting with you and we really appreciate you sharing
1: your story. Yeah. Thank you guys. This is awesome. Yes. Thank you so much. Everything you said was so relatable. I think whether you're in a business with your boyfriend, whether you're just dealing with whatever, I felt like you know, everything you said was so applicable to everyone's situation. So thank you.